Coming up on today's show, Big Ten women's basketball was huge last season. One of the most successful years in conference history. Could the conference possibly stack up to those expectations next year? We'll go over the current state of the Big Ten and its best contenders here with Jacob Rood on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so I'll just kind of at the top just give you a general like what's going on. What the, or no, 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 I was going to start by asking that. Like status, everything since we left, since we left it or what was it when we left it at the end of the season? Where was everything at? And then we'll just mm-hmm. go through what's happened since then. Yeah. All right, cool. You good? Yep. All right, let's do it. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every day of the week. Alongside Jacob Rood, host of Locked On Hoosiers, I'm Nate Dickinson. We got Jacob in today to give us an update on everything going on in women's basketball as the offseason continues to roll on. Women's basketball criminally undercovered by this podcast. I'm fully ready to admit that, but we've got Jacob in here to at least help try to start and fix that. Jacob, let's start at where we last heard from women's basketball at the end of the season. Big 10 had a huge, huge campaign in the 2021 and 2022 women's basketball season. One of the best in the history of the conference, as far as what women's basketball have been putting out, where were things when we last talked to big 10 basketball, as far as how things looked going forward after a season that was very successful, but yet again, saw no big teams make it past that second weekend. Yeah, it was, Just to kind of give you some context for those that may not have followed the Big Ten women's basketball season, going into the final week of the regular season, five different teams could uh, were in contention to win the Big Ten title. At the time, IU was two games up on everybody, and IU ended up finishing fifth, and it was Ohio State who was this kind of unexpected team that snuck in and and surprised everybody and, and won the Big Ten title, but as you said, it was um, probably one of the best seasons the conference has ever had just in terms of competitiveness. And uh, that final week was everything felt like a really big game for every team involved. You get to the tournament, though, as you said, it, it was kind of a mix because I think most people probably remember the tournament for for Iowa falling short and losing uh, right away. And they were kind of the team everybody had earmarked and and wanted to watch. And um, I mean, a, a huge step forward forward for just women's basketball in general is that game was on just ABC, actual ABC. Um, but they lose to Creighton in the second round, don't even make the Sweet 16. But outside of that, the Big Ten represented itself well enough. I mean, they were. I believe four teams that ended up making the sweet 16, but as you said, none of them make that second weekend. So uh, there's still, there's still kind of a, a gap, I guess, between um, the best of the big 10, at least last season, the best of the big 10 and your Yukons, your NC States, 
your Stanford's, your, your programs like that, that um, obviously South Carolina in there as well, just the more traditional kind of powers that um, have been at the top of the game for so long. So when we left off, it, it was just that where I thought the Big Ten represented itself well enough overall, uh, but there was still a gap between it and the best teams in the country. Uh, what do you think happens with that gap going forward? I mean, we'll talk more in specifics about what this conference has with basketball talent, but do you feel like this is something that the Big Ten can continue to build toward, or was this some sort of a peak in a bunch of, of course, what's always peaks and valleys in college basketball? I think as a as a conference overall that – I don't want maybe not necessarily a peak because I don't know necessarily what next season will hold. It's kind of shaping up to be another really competitive season. But if you're just talking about kind of the, the top end teams, I mean, Iowa is going to be able to be amongst those teams uh, when you have Caitlin Clark and, and Monica Sinano. Um, they're going to be up there amongst those top teams. And I think that that gap can be closed. Um, IU has competed with those top teams. They beat NC State, who is one of those programs that's typically in that top tier. They beat them a couple seasons ago in the Elite Eight uh, or in the Sweet 16 to make the Elite Eight. So the possibilities are there for the Big Ten to, to close that gap. Um, it's just such a big jump, and especially once you get into March when the pressure's up and things like that. Those are tough games to win, and and. Uh, for example, just on paper, IU and UConn going into their game uh, felt somewhat evenly matched. And then it plays out with UConn just kind of having that experience and that that pedigree that comes along with just being UConn women's basketball, that that game wasn't close at all. So uh, those are kind of the hurdles in Iowa as well, who just traditionally isn't a dominant women's basketball program. Those are the types of hurdles that, that the Big Ten still has to overcome. Let's look a little bit forward here, Jacob. As we've gone through the start of this offseason, I mean, you mentioned a big part of this reason why you've gotten into the women's basketball side of things is because the IU team has been getting progressively better and better. They've been busy this offseason, too. Uh, what kind of moves have the Hoosiers been making here to try and again, make sure that they're contenders next season, because it seems like, I mean, we were talking about it before, but they seem the most active at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I guess positively active. We'll talk about Maryland here <laughs> yeah, in a bit, sure. but uh, IU went into this off season. They were, uh, they had the starting five that beat that NC state team made it to the elite eight. They brought that entire starting five and basically that whole team back this past season. And that's why they were able to compete at the top of the Big Ten. Three of those players graduated and IU went into the transfer portal, um, got Sydney Parrish, who is from Indiana and was a top, I believe, 20 prospect uh, a couple seasons ago. She transfers from Oregon. Sarah Scalia was Minnesota's top scorer, one of the best players in the Big Ten, got all Big Ten honors. Uh, that, that one was really a surprise uh, for Indiana to land her and then get Alyssa Geary from Providence as a forward to uh, most likely slot into the starting lineup as well. So uh, in the span of one weekend, they got both Parrish, Scalia, and they got a recruit to commit in the future as well. So 
Indiana stayed busy during the um, during the off season and went from someone that was still or a, a program that was still going to be in the top twenty five. Uh, they have two All-Americans and Mackenzie Holmes and Grace Berger. They were going to be in that top 25 to borderline a top 10 program with the moves they made in the transfer portal. And they did it all in a, in a one big swoosh, basically. Let's talk about the other side of things you mentioned there. Maryland and the Terrapins lost a lot in the offseason. A team that's typically very good on the women's basketball side. How much of a step back can we expect from that? Yeah, when you talk about the kind of elite programs, uh, Maryland is typically one of them, and they are typically uh, the top of the Big Ten. It, it wasn't until this season that anybody was even really able to dethrone them and compete with them, and uh, I believe they had won every Big Ten title since they had joined the program or join the conference, I should say it was some, it was, I don't know the exact stat, but it was, it was, it was dominance like that where nobody else was really competing with them. This was the first season that um, teams were able to knock them off. And then they went into the off season. They lost two of their top scores in Angel Reese and Ashley Owusu both transferred really out of the blue. Uh, and they, we're left with Diamond Miller is going to be their best player. She's really, really good, all Big Ten level. Uh, they went into the transfer portal to, to get some players as well. Lavender Briggs from Florida, Abby Myers from Princeton, who was on the, the Princeton team that upset Kentucky in the tournament, uh, Eliza Pit, uh, Pinzan, and uh, Brene Alexander. So they reloaded a bit. Uh, but they went from somebody that most people thought were probably borderline a top five team next season. Uh, initially, everybody kind of left in a flurry and they dropped maybe out of the top 25. They, they've settled probably back into a, a top 25 team next season, but they're only going to be the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten, uh, at least on paper as we head into it next season. So uh, they've taken a, a pretty big step back from a program that uh, had dominated the Big Ten for so long and had been among those elite programs that were title contenders many years. Built Bar has all of your protein needs, whether it be just the Built Bar, which is a classic buy now, 100% real chocolate, less than 150 calories, and less than 5 net grams of, pro, or of carbs and sugars with more than 15 grams of proteins. It's a Built Bar that tastes like a candy bar, this protein bar. Not only do you have the Built Bars, of course, the brand new Built Puffs are just flying off the theoretical shelves. They do most of their sales online at Built.com, which we'll tell you about in a minute. But these Built Puffs are marshmallows. You just pop them right into your mouth. You get that little protein shot to get you through your workout, through your work day, and on a Friday when you're waiting for the weekend, it can be that much tougher too, I know. So head on over to Built.com and at least try out the products. If you've never tried anything like this before, or your supplements right now just maybe aren't cutting for you as far as just how good they taste, Built Bar has all of the stuff that everybody else does, probably even better, while at the same time giving you the taste that we know is better. And we know it from trying it out ourselves. Everyone at Locked On really, really loves Built Bar if you listen to a lot of our shows. So head on over to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's Built.com and promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. 
Jacob, what do you think the ceiling is for this Iowa team? Because you mentioned Caitlin Clark, Monica Sinano, those are a couple of star, star players. And could very well be that when they step on the court against anybody, they're going to be the best two players out there. But you mentioned Iowa, not a typical basketball powerhouse here. Can those two stars compete when it comes to being able to knock off what they're going to be expecting the top of the top teams that are quite honestly, just more complete, even if you do have the best players on the court. Yeah, that's going to be the question about them. And that was the question about them for much of this season is uh, how much was everybody else going to be able to contribute? Because Caitlin Clark, I'm sure everybody is aware of um, average 27, eight and eight last season, burying three pointers from Steph Curry range. And that's not even, an exaggeration. Um, she had a 40-point game in the Big Ten tournament to make, I believe it was to make the final. Um, she's as talented as literally anybody in the country, and that's not an exaggeration. And Monica Sinano is not far behind her. She's one of the best post players in the country, 21 points and six rebounds. And there were a lot of times where she was just unstoppable. She has a, a great blend of size and footwork and just knowledge of um, knowledge of the game that she was able to take advantage of teams keying on Caitlin Clark. The, the problem is when you get to the tournament, when you get to the really good teams, it's how much those two are going to have to show up every night. And then how much is everybody else going to be able to contribute uh i would say the ceiling for this team though is really really good because uh whenever you have a caitlin clark who can be the best player on the court a monica sanana who i think can also at times be the best player on the court um you're gonna be able to compete with just about anybody it's those other contributions because even in that tournament loss uh, Sonano had 27 points and Caitlin Clark had 15, 11, and eight. I don't think either of them played, especially Clark played particularly great, but those two had 42 of the 62 points. And so it's going to be how much everybody else can contribute. They're probably going to be a top five team for a lot of the season. And I think that's fair. And if you, if you get a player like Caitlin Clark um, hot at the right time, and we've seen it in a number of men's basketball runs, how much one person and a, a good supporting cast can carry you, whether it's, you know, Kimba Walker with UConn or, or things like that. Uh, so I think this could be a title contending team just because those two players are so, so good. There's no doubt the Hawkeyes can beat just about anyone. It's just how far those stars can take them. And you have that just kind of combination of one again early tournament loss the doubts are going to be there throughout until you start winning tournament games again next year and then when you have these kind of expectations you can say yes the Hawkeye can beat just about anyone but right now the goal is to be able to compete with those South Carolinas UConn and Stanford you know those teams are going to be there every single year it's very seldom you can get through an NCAA tournament without having to run through at least one or two of those Team. You don't get quite as lucky with the upsets usually over on the women's side. All right, Jacob, uh, it's seeming like the Big Ten starting to shape up to be a least. I don't know if it's going to be as strong next year as it was this, but I guess I'll ask you that. Where is this conference going next season? Is this going to be a step back after so many good, good players went through this conference last year? Or 
can the Big Ten maintain? Yeah, it's going to be – I think it'll probably be a bit of a step back. I mean, the conference was crazy good last season. The final top 25, Iowa was 8, IU was 11, Michigan was 12, Maryland was 13, Ohio State was 14. Uh, so that gives you a sense of how competitive it was, but they had five teams in the top 14. So I don't think they're going to have that this season. But it's not going to be a terribly big step back. Um, you look at a Michigan who was in that grouping uh, with Nas Hillman, with Leah Brown last season. Uh, they won't have them. Uh, Nas Hillman was drafted. The, Leah Brown, I'm not certain on with the COVID year and everything like that. I believe she has one more year of eligibility. But Nas Hillman was one of the best players in the whole country. Um, and so they're probably not going to be in that title contention, but you have a team like Nebraska who was a six best or finished six in the conference last year, made a little bit of a run in the big 10 tournament and then, um, showed themselves well enough in the, uh, NCAA tournament. That's going to step up into that mix. I think this season, uh, they, they gave teams some, some of those big teams, they beat IU last season. Um, they gave teams a run for their money when it came to uh, they beat Michigan as well. So they're capable of, of stepping in and winning those games. So um, I think overall, it's probably not going to be as competitive. I think there's some tiers. I think Iowa's probably in a tier by itself. You probably have IU, Ohio State, who we haven't talked a lot about. They were the team that uh, – as I said, snuck in and surprised everybody and won the Big Ten. Uh, IU, Ohio State, and Maryland are probably going to be uh, together. And then you're going to have Nebraska. Um, and Northwestern was solid enough in the NCAA tournament, too. Um, we'll see how far Michigan falls. So I think overall it's hard to be as, as competitive and as great of a season as it was last year. Uh, the top four teams were separated by a half game at the end of the season in the standings. So it's going to be hard to compete with that, but this is still going to be a really, really fun season. And there might be more top end talent, even if there isn't uh, quite the competition as there was last season. That's exactly where I wanted to go next. Do you think that Iowa and the Indiana the top of the top or are, the, are those teams better? Is it better enough that that's going to make a big, big impact that we see on the court? I mean, between those two schools, there's going to be four All-Americans. I think each school is going to have two All-Americans next season um, with Clark, Sonano, Berger, and Holmes. So I think those two are, are going to be the cream of the crop. And if in if kind of going back to the, the before, if the Big Ten's going to, to close that gap and or bridge that gap and finally make a jump into the top teams, I would guess that it's probably going to be one of those two teams that's going to do it. Um, I think there's a good chance that those two teams are probably better than any team in the Big Ten last season. Uh, so from that standpoint, I, I think the conference could improve. I think the ceiling is probably higher with those two teams than was with probably any team last year. So um it's, it's going to be an exciting season, and, and those two programs are going to be top 10 teams, and they're going to square off a couple times against each other. And um, last year, the, all three meetings were exciting. They played each other in the Big Ten championship game. Um, 
and I think those two are going to be kind of the the trendsetter of sorts, um, the standard bearer, whatever cliche you want to use, that are going to just determine just how good the Big Ten is going to be this season and um, how good or how they're going to perform nationally as well because those two teams are going to – I mean, IU is, is someone that's not afraid to play the big schools. They played Stanford. They played NC State. They played Kentucky last season. I'm sure Iowa is going to get involved in a lot of those games. So those two teams are going to put themselves out there and kind of set the bar for what this conference is going to be this season. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing it, Jacob. Again, it was a whole lot of fun last year. Hard to live up to those expectations, at least from what we saw, the competitiveness within the conference. But again, I'm looking to see one of those teams at least try and make that big, big jump into the top tier. But I mean, again, we've seen what, one, two teams really be able to compete with that UConn squad over the last decade. So it's, of course, a lot easier than it looks. But Jacob Root, of course, will be all over it, at least on the Hoosiers' side throughout the season. And as you heard, he knows a little bit about everything going on in the conference, too. So we'll have him talk about it here more as well. Jacob's with Locked On Hoosiers again every day of the week and here with Locked On Big Ten once a week. David, let, let the people know where they can find the show. Yeah, you can follow us just on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Uh, we're obviously available anywhere, YouTube as well. And then you can follow me at Jacob Root on Twitter. Thanks, Jacob, again for joining us on the show. As always, we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Ah, geez, my nose started running at the end there real bad. I had a bunch of snip. It's driving season in the Big Ten. Of course, summer is pretty much here maybe maybe it depends on where you're living right now if you're in big 10 country but it's coming if it's not here yet and if you love those summer months a good part of the reason could be because you like to get a good drive around in whatever your ride is if you need to make upgrades repairs just updates it and make sure that everything's running smoothly before you go out on that cruise you can head over to rockauto.com and get any sort of minor to major parts and again whether it be in a repair or an upgrade or just getting new mats for the car, you can get it all done over at rockauto.com. It's a family-owned business that cuts out the middleman, getting you the best price with as little hassle as possible. You do it through their website, delivered straight to your door. Rock Auto is the place to go for all of your auto parts needs, and I say it every time we talk about Rock Auto. You have nothing to lose by at least going to the website and checking them out. So head on over to rockauto.com right now. If you do end up using their service, be sure that you let them know that we sent you. Put Locked On in their little How Did You Hear About Us box at checkout. Big thanks again to Jacob Rood for joining the program today. Before we let you go here on our Wednesday episode, a look at all the Big Ten news you may have missed over the day. A total of 12 Big Ten basketball players will take part in the NBA Combine later on this month. I, I believe it's later on this month, actually. I'm not sure if it's end of the month or beginning of the June by the time that happens. But anyway, it'll be 12 Big Ten players there. They are Malachi Branham of Ohio State, Max Christie of Michigan State, Kofi Coburn of Illinois, Johnny Davis of Wisconsin, Musa Diabate of Michigan, Ron Harper Jr. of Rutgers, Jaden Ivey of Purdue, Trace Jackson Davis of Indiana, EJ Liddell of Ohio State, Bryce McGowans of Nebraska, Keegan Murray of Iowa, and Travion Williams of Purdue. The other two Big Ten players who were invited but are not going to attend, declining the invitation, 
number, or I'm sorry, no numbers, Chris Murray of Iowa and then Caleb Houston of Michigan, both not going to that combine. So, of course, a whole lot of Big Ten talent out of basketball this season. It's going to be on full display at the NF NBA Combine and in the NBA next season. In other Big Ten news, the softball tournament bracket is set in the Big Ten. The number one seed is the Northwestern Wildcats, two Nebraska, three Illinois, and four Michigan. All get that first round by. Everybody else, of course, will be playing through the start of this tournament, which does begin later on this week. Again, it's only 12 Big Ten softball teams, so no need for that uh, beginning first round. It'll be everybody except for those first four playing here in this opening round. Elsewhere, Big Ten softball postseason honors have taken place. Rachel Lewis out of the Northwestern was selected as the player of the year. Senior Danielle Williams, also from the Wildcats, was unanimously chosen as the pitcher of the year. Kate Drowen of Northwestern as well. She was named coach of the year too. In other news around the Big Ten, weekly honors coming in baseball. Brent Totis of Ohio State was named Player of the Week on the Baseball Diamond. Ty Landenberg of Iowa was named a Co-Pitcher of the Week, as well as Aiden Maldonado of Minnesota. And Freshman of the Week were Carter Matheson of Indiana, sharing the award with Keaton Anthony of Iowa. And finally, Track and Field Athletes of the Week. On the women's side, Rachel Gearing was out the Athlete of the Week along with Nialam Joke. And on the men's side, Tom Dodd and Andrew Stone of Minnesota and Wisconsin, respectively. That's a look at just some of the news around the Big Ten. Of course, all sorts of stuff going on around the conference. If you want to know more about it, you're going to have to tune in tomorrow right here to Locked On Big Ten. We're here every single weekday, Monday through Friday. I'm Nate Dickinson. Until tomorrow, we'll talk to you soon.